Thank you. Go ahead and be seated. Lieutenant Governor Roden, Mr. Speaker, members of the House and the Senate, and my fellow South Dakotans, thank you for calling this joint session of the legislative body today so that I may address both chambers on the matter of grave importance to the people of South Dakota and to the United States of America. It is no secret that our country is being overwhelmed with en masse illegal immigration. Nearly 10 million foreign nationals have broken federal law, and they've infiltrated our country within the past three years, bringing with them drugs, trafficking, crime, and violence. Our immigration system has long been a subject of discussion in this country, but the politics of this administration has elevated this to a national security crisis. Our history is proudly built on the stories of our ancestors who came to this country for opportunity and for a new beginning. But today, many of those who are entering our country under the current policies of the Biden administration are known terrorists, they're criminals, they're human traffickers, and they're drug cartel members. Because the federal government's facilitating this violation of our federal law, vulnerable people from over 100 different countries have heard the story of our open border. They put their families in jeopardy, and they've fallen victim to the atrocities of the Mexican cartels. Countries such as Venezuela are known to be emptying out their prisons and their mental institutions, and they're sending them to America. They're happy to let our open border be the solution to their problems and their responsibilities. Now, we are a nation of laws, and our leaders should respect those laws. South Dakota is directly affected by this invasion. We are affected by cartel presence right here on our tribal reservations by the spread of drugs and human trafficking throughout our communities, and by the drain on our resources at the local, the state, and the federal level. America is the greatest nation in the history of the world, but we were not always that way. Our nation started as nothing more than an idea. It was an idea that was so controversial that our founding fathers had to pledge their lives. They had to pledge their fortunes, their sacred honor to each other just to be able to write it down that all men were created equal, that they were endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to those ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it. In that powerful document, our founding fathers outlined certain facts. It was a list of injuries that King George had perpetuated against the colonies. Those grievances included ways that he had failed to protect the colonies, how he had used force to make the colonists less safe. When the original 13 colonies in those states ratified the Constitution, just a few years later, they did so with the understanding that this document would allow them to keep themselves safe from external threats. They would not have done so if they did not have the power to defend themselves. Texas would not have joined the Union in 1845 if they did not have the power to defend themselves. They were still at risk of invasion from Mexico at that time. Now, Article 4, Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution provides that the United States shall guarantee to every state in this Union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. So who repels those invasions? 
Well, Article 1, Section 8 provides for a calling forth of the militia to repel invasions. Article 1, Section 10 provides for states to enter into compacts with other states if they are actually invaded. And in Federalist 29, Alexander Hamilton, one of the key architects of the Constitution, makes very clear that the militia is to be under the purview of the states and to be made up of the people. In closing that paper, Hamilton wrote, in times of invasion, it would be natural and proper that the militia of a neighboring state should be marched into another to resist a common enemy or to guard the republic against the violence of faction or sedition. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the United States of America is in a time of invasion. The invasion is coming over our southern border. The 50 states have a common enemy, and that enemy is the Mexican drug cartels. They are waging war against our nation, and these cartels are perpetuating violence in each of our states, even right here in South Dakota. For almost 250 years, America has been the standard of a government of, by, and for the people. But today, the American people are not secure, and a nation without borders is no nation at all. A government that does not value the security of its people is not only negligent, but it's inhumane. When the federal government fails to uphold its duty to the people, the responsibility falls to the states. Now, I've been to the southern border many times, and some of you have been there too. I've witnessed firsthand this invasion that is taking place. What shocks me every time that I go is that it's so much worse than it was before. The cartels have operational control of our border. For three years, Texas Governor Greg Abbott has been left to handle this crisis at the border in his state while the federal government has refused his request for help. Only a few governors have been able to step up and lead alongside him. Last week, Governor Abbott declared an invasion under Article 1, Section 10 of the U.S. Constitution to invoke Texas's constitutional right to defend and to protect itself. Now, while I was at the border last week, I received a briefing from Border Patrol. And they informed me that over the last several months, as many as 4,000 apprehensions occur in just one day in Eagle Pass, Texas. December was the first month in American history with more than 300,000 encounters at the southern border. Almost three years ago, when Governor Abbott asked states to send troops to help secure the border, South Dakota was the first state in the nation to send National Guard soldiers to help. We later deployed our Lakota helicopters on a federal mission when the Biden administration needed help with surveillance of drug traffickers. Last summer, when Governor Abbott again asked for assistance, we sent more troops. Now, during my time there this last Friday, I was able to see with my own eyes what has changed. Texas has been calling their efforts and their mission Operation Lone Star. But more recently, what the cartels have been doing is pushing women and children across the Rio Grande. Many of them cannot swim. They're telling them that if they turn back, they will be shot before they reach back to the Mexican shore. While many of these women and these children are struggling and inevitably drown in the high waters, Texas Department of Public Safety personnel and officials are pulling them out of the water, performing CPR, and they're bringing them back to life. This has been happening so frequently that Texas has started calling their efforts Operation Lazarus because they're literally having to bring people back to life. So why are the cartels intentionally, intentionally drowning women and children? Because while Texas is distracted, saving their lives, cartel members are smuggling drugs and sex-trafficked human beings just a couple of miles down the river. 
During my visit to Shelby Park, I watched as the Texas Department of Public Safety, the Texas National Guard, and various law enforcement officers ensured that the border invasion did not happen on their watch, on Texas ground in Shelby Park. And their efforts, they're working there. But the Biden administration is threatening to seize control of that area. They claim that the Supreme Court gave them the authority to do so. That is not true. The Supreme Court's order only allows them to cut and remove razor wire. Now, there's certain Democrat politicians throughout the country that are urging President Biden to federalize the Texas National Guard. If he were to do that, if he were to put them under Title X federal active duty, it would be the first time in American history that a president activated American armed forces explicitly to stand down, to make us less safe, to not protect the United States of America. And if President Biden can do that to Texas, he can do that to South Dakota or any other state. So governors are commanders in chief. We're commanders in chief of our National Guard. These soldiers report to us, not to the federal government. We understand our unique situations better than any federal distant authority can. I trust Governor Abbott to make the best decisions for his National Guard, just as I make the best decisions for ours here in South Dakota. You may be sitting there wondering right now, why should I care? Texas is a long ways away and my community and my state are not affected by this. Well, you would be wrong. The sheer number of illegal migrants coming into this country has made it so that every state is now a border state. This isn't just an issue for Texas and other states along the border. This is an issue for every single American. And this issue is about preserving this great nation for our kids and for our grandkids. We see the effects of Joe Biden's failures at the border every day in South Dakota. The drugs and human trafficking pouring over the border, they devastate our people. Make no mistake, the cartels have a presence on several of South Dakota's tribal reservations. Murders are being committed by cartel members on the Pine Ridge Reservation and in Rapid City, and a gang called the Ghost Dancers are affiliated with these cartels. They have been successful in recruiting tribal members to join their criminal activity. And on the other side of the state, there is documented evidence of cartel activities on the Sisseton Wapaton Reservation and others. We in state government do not have the jurisdiction to unilaterally intervene and to provide law enforcement support to our tribes. That's a treaty obligation of the federal government. The Oglala Sioux tribe has sued the federal government. They pointed to evidence that the level of violent crime, drug trafficking, and gang activity on the reservation is staggering, that it's unprecedented, and that it's overwhelming law enforcement resources. A federal judge ordered the Biden administration to come to the table and to work with the Oglala Sioux tribe to provide their desperately needed law enforcement resources. But Biden has failed to make good on that obligation. So now the Oglala Sioux tribe is suing again. They said that these crimes were being perpetuated primarily by non-native individuals, and they are talking about the cartels. I plan to support the tribes in this litigation very publicly. I previously met with President Trump's Attorney General Bill Barr on this to urge him to do what he could help. That progress did not carry over into this administration, but even before that, when I was in Congress, I raised alarm bells to Attorney General Jeff Sessions on the matter. I've signed law enforcement memorandums of agreement with some of our Native American tribes, and I stand ready to work with tribes who have not yet partnered with us. The cartels are using our reservations to facilitate the spread of drugs throughout the Midwest, in particular fentanyl, which is being manufactured in China and it is smuggled over our southern border. 
It's causing these deaths. Total overdoses have increased by almost 20% across America since this administration took office. And despite this hopelessness, South Dakota has been a bright spot. We led the nation for the largest decline in drug overdoses in 2020, and again in 2022. Our anti-meth and our anti-opioid campaigns, they are working. But even with that success, a higher share of our overdoses that do occur are happening because of a result of fentanyl. There has been a 40% increase in just the last two years. It is literally killing our children. This war is primarily being fought at the southern border, but it affects us here. We might see the effects differently than Texas does right now, but make no mistake, that open border affects everyone. It is South Dakota's duty to protect our people. So why am I standing here in front of you today? Because as we move forward to take action, I want us to be united. I want you to be informed and to know what I know. We are willing to provide Texas with additional razor wire. We can load that up and we can send it there very quickly. We're currently exploring various legal options on how we can support Texas and force federal government to do their job. I'm also consulting with my Adjutant General, with the Secretary of Public Safety and others, what our options are to provide personnel. But when we sent our National Guard soldiers uh, to the border during that war zone period and our soldiers were there, I sent soldiers because they are the best equipped for such a situation. It is a war zone. However, when they got there, our troops in the past have been hampered by federal restrictions when they've been deployed to the border. I don't want South Dakota soldiers facilitating an invasion. I want them to stand up and to be able to stop it. So we are talking to Texas about what rules of engagement can look like differently to make sure that that happens. We will do all that we can to defend the United States of America so we can keep it safe for our kids and our grandkids. There is no other nation in the world that is better or that is more free. And if we lose this country, where will we go? Every American throughout history has the responsibility to preserve, to protect, and to proliferate the ideas upon which our founders built this nation. This is a test of our endurance. This is a test of our patriotism. This is a test of the very foundation of our nation. We have been tested before. Just since I've been governor of South Dakota, we've seen the federal government try to take away our freedoms. And we saw other states comply and force their citizens to give up their freedom of assembly, their freedom of religion, and even at times their freedom of speech. Well, not here in South Dakota. And now we need to be prepared to stand united to protect our state's constitutional right to defend ourselves, to defend our people. And I am proud to support what Texas is doing to defend itself because I realize the consequences of what will happen if they don't. You need to know the facts. It is clear that we cannot rely on the federal government to uphold the law and to secure our border. The cartels are here in South Dakota already, and they're perpetuating violence and criminal activity on a daily basis on South Dakota families. They are killing our children with their drugs and with their trafficking. These cartels are being fed over that open border with more dangerous individuals that are entering our country to destroy America from within. We must stand strong together. South Dakota will protect our people. I want to thank you. And may God bless you all. God bless South Dakota. And may God bless the great United States of America. Thank you.